I'm Tamara Steele. In this week's show, a major Canadian retailer adds medicinal cannabis for online purchase. And a new survey finds New Brunswick youth do not get enough sleep and are vaping too much. New Brunswickers will now have access to medicinal cannabis through a major retailer. Shoppers Drug Mart announced the expansion of its online sales across the country in an effort to break down barriers for patients requiring cannabis for things like pain management. Danielle McCready spoke with Mike Boyvin, a pharmacist consultant with Shoppers, about what the partnership means for the future of medicinal cannabis. I am a clinical pharmacist consultant. I live in Barrie, Ontario. I've worked in the cannabis space since 2013, and my goal is educating both patients and healthcare professionals how to better utilize this this medication for their medical conditions. So tell me a little bit about this uh, new release in partnership with, with Shoppers Drug Mart. I'm pretty excited. So Shoppers Drug Mart has had this service available in Ontario and Alberta for, for about a year now. And as of today, it's going to be national. So what that means is that Canadians are going to have access to one producer that has 12 different uh, arrangements with other licensed producers, so they have a wide variety of cannabis that's there. What I'm excited about is my mom lives in New Brunswick, and in rural New Brunswick, well, access to cannabis is being one of the key issues that we see. We know about 1.1 million Canadians use cannabis, but 800,000 of them are either buying recreational cannabis or buying it from the illicit market. What we're trying to do is I firmly believe that these patients need a healthcare professional to provide them some guidance in terms of what they should take, how they should take it, what are the potential risks, and is there any potential drug interaction? I guess Shoppers Drug Mart is just now being part of the many ways to increase access. I think so, and I think it it uh, will make it a lot easier um, for, for some of these people within rural uh, areas because what they can do is Medical cannabis, unlike recreational cannabis, medical cannabis still has to be authorized. So either by the person's family physician could go in or nurse practitioner. But the issue is, is that many people in New Brunswick, as in many other regions of of the country, don't have access to a family doctor or have a family doctor who is not comfortable with this and will not authorize it for, for their patients. But with uh, Cannabis by Shoppers, they actually have partnered with HelloMD, which is a telemedicine service. So a person can connect to the Shoppers Drug Mart website at shoppersdrugmart.ca slash cannabis. And if they don't have a physician or the physician, and, or they just want to, to see if they're the right candidate for it, they can connect. There's a physician there that would go and connect through the computer, and they can have a 30-minute consultation to see if cannabis is right for them. Mm-hmm. And so it'll basically just be like going in and picking up a regular prescription then? Well, yes and no. The only problem is, is it will not be in um, in the pharmacy at this point. So oh, okay. Health Canada doesn't allow cannabis to come into the pharmacy. So all of it will still come through a mail order basis. But the advantage that uh, you can do now is if you get an authorization form for it from your family physician, you can bring it into any shopper's drug mark or to call the cannabis care uh, advisors. Um, and they will start the process, and it'll be shipped directly to the patient's house. Mm-hmm. I guess by um, kind of treating it like any other sort of medicine, um, do you think that that decreases the stigma? I, you know what? I, I think it decreases the stigma just because more people are using it. Mm-hmm. So I've been sharing a story. Um, you know, I never thought that you know five years ago when I started in the space that I would be in a nursing home talking to seniors about using cannabis for chronic pain and for other conditions. Um, so we're seeing more and more people that are using it, and as more people talk about it and talk about it from a medical perspective, that it's either it's helping them, it's helping to reduce their symptoms and making them feel better. Um, I think that the stigma is slowly going to continue to go away. 
And I guess logistically, have you guys run into any snags with this, uh, maybe any pushback, uh, or has it been smooth sailing? Cannabis itself, some there are some physicians that are adamantly opposed to it, um, and there are some patients that are adamantly opposed to it. I am under the firm belief that, you know, cannabis is not for everybody. I, I really think that if somebody is going to think about using it for health health conditions, that they need to get access to a healthcare professional that can provide them guidance to see if it's right for them and to talk really about the risk and the potential benefits of using it. So I think that the stag that I see most often is going to be just access, and, and I'm really hoping that shoppers will be able to, to, to address that um, with this new, uh, this new initiative that they have. Mm-hmm. And fill some, some gaps in Atlantic Canada. Absolutely. Um, Mike, I think those answer all of my questions. Is there anything that you wanted to add at all? Yeah, I, I, the only thing that I would add is if you have patients or anybody who's listening that is interested in medical cannabis, uh, talk to a healthcare professional, talk to your family doctor, talk to your local pharmacist. If you don't feel comfortable with that, if you're worried about that, you can always connect with the shoppersdrugmart.ca slash cannabis site. There are trained pharmacists there that would be happy to address some of your questions after you register, or you can call them on the toll-free number, which is one 2627 And they're there from uh, Monday to Friday from 9 to 9 and Saturday 9 to 5. I'm Danielle McCready. Struggling St. John Sea Dogs have made some big changes to their coaching lineup. Team officials fired head coach Josh Dixon and named associate coach Jeff Cowan to his position on an interim basis. Paul Simbi's Brad Perry spoke to president and general manager Trevor Georgie following the announcement last week. Yeah, obviously it was a, it was a tough day. Josh was a really good person and uh, worked very hard for us, cared a lot about the team and, uh, and everyone in the organization. Um, but this was a check-in point for us, and after uh, after almost uh, 30 games, um, we just felt that we weren't where we uh, thought we'd be at this point and uh, wanted to make a change. When, when you're looking at the team overall, where were you kind of expecting to be at this point? Uh, I know we're approaching that, that midway point of the season as Christmas news. Where were you kind of expecting to be at this point? Yeah, we're... we're um, you know, at this point, we would expect, um, in terms of a pure standings perspective, that we'd be somewhere between uh, 10 and 14, uh, 10 and, you know, in the, maybe that 12 range, that midpoint range. Um, but uh, it's not a number of fronts. We weren't, uh, weren't um, you know, we thought we'd be ahead of where we were in terms of progress and, and uh, decided to make uh, that tough change. Now, now, I know you mentioned that Josh, you know, has been a, a big part of the team, a big part of hockey, really, since uh, in the last few years. Tell me a little bit about uh, about his experience with the team, and you know what you're going to miss most about uh, about his time. Yeah, Josh is one of the hardest working people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, he put in uh, early mornings and late nights. He cared a lot about the team. Um, his work ethic was unparalleled. He, um, you know, he. He really brought that rigor to the job, um, and um, I mean, he was always very professional, uh, very well liked in the organization, um, top to bottom. So, uh, when any time someone like that leaves, it's it's difficult. Um, but uh, you know, we know that he'll land on his feet uh, somewhere, and another company will be lucky to have him uh, in the future. And I know as part of today's announcement, you also announced that uh, associate coach Jeff Cowan has been named the uh, the interim head coach. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, about that move there? Yeah, we feel good about Jeff. You know, Jeff's been behind the bench uh, with us for seven seasons now as either an assistant or associate coach. Um, he was here when we won a President Cup in, in 2017. And uh, he's, uh, you know, been part of a coaching staff, whether it be with Mike Kelly or Danny Flynn, uh, Ross Yates, now uh, and Josh. So, 
Uh, he's seen a lot. And he also played a decade in the NHL. So uh, we think that it's a good opportunity for Jeff to uh, you know grab the reins and uh, and see what he can do with this team. And I guess, as you mentioned, you know, with him being there for seven seasons, I mean, he's seen the high points of the teams when he won a President Cup. You know, you've seen the lower points as the team kind of tries to rebuild. I imagine all that experience will, will, you know, hopefully really benefit the team. No question. I mean, he's lived the ups and downs of, uh, of, a, of a coaching of, of coaching so far in the last seven seasons. He's seen a lot of uh, different styles and a lot of, uh, and a lot of different uh, uh, looking teams. And, uh, I mean, he played almost 450 games in the NHL. So he's lived through um, the highs and lows of, uh, of what it takes to be a pro hockey player. So we think he'll he'll be a good fit um, uh, with our team. Now, I know you mentioned at this point uh, he's the interim head coach. So I guess at this point, what is what is the next step in terms of looking for uh, for the, the team's next permanent head coach? Yeah, we're going to take our time. I mean, we're going to be evaluating Jeff and the group that we have right now. And uh, we're going to take our time deciding on our next, uh, uh, you know, on our complete coaching staff. So, um, you know this uh, this move uh, gives us an opportunity to see what Jeff can do with the team, and uh, and we'll be doing our our homework and our our due diligence to make sure we have the right group that can take us to the next step. And you know, typically, I know it's hard to say from from position to position, you know, but how long typically would would that process take, or how long are you expecting that process might take? Yeah, we're not putting a timeline on that process um, specifically, you know. Um, when we feel like we have the right uh, the right uh, mix, uh, then uh, you know that's when uh, that's when the process will be over. Uh, but uh, and you're always uh, tinkering. But um, you know we'd be uh, we'd expect to, uh, to you know start the process and we've started the process and, and continue on till uh, till the end of the season. I'm Brad Perry. Dixon was named the Sea Dogs' seventh head coach in September of 2017. During his tenure, the team won just 39 of their 165 regular season games and failed to make the playoffs. And New Brunswick Health Council recently released results from a survey on issues surrounding school kids and mental health concerns. Paul Sambi's Kevin Morrill spoke to the council CEO, Stefan Robichaud, about their alarming findings and what can be done to correct the problem. Since 2012, we've been surveying uh, in one year grade 6 to 12 students, uh, in the other year K to 5, and uh, um, with each survey, it's been enhancing our, our ability to understand things like uh, youth behaviors or state of health on, on elements, for example, and how they rate their, their mental health. So we are seeing with this most uh, recent survey that there's uh, an increase uh, of uh, kids who say they've they felt symptoms of anxiety or depression. Um, so it's about 48%, and in the last survey it was about 40%. Now, do you think social media has anything to do with some of these uh, some of these figures? I think there's no doubt that technology has had an impact. And this is not a negative message towards technology, but it is uh, kind of a wake-up call to to appreciate that uh, uh, these various technologies have had an impact on behavior. And a link to that is, for example, um, the percentage of kids who sleep at least eight hours a night of sleep, which at a young age, even as adults, we pay a a dear price if we're sleep-deprived for a period of time. Now, for youth, it's it's linked very closely to their development. And uh, only about 40% of youth, actually just slightly below 40%, sleep at least eight hours a night. So that means a bit over 60% of youth do not even get eight hours a night of sleep. 
technology we're hearing is part of the equation. Uh, um, kids with phones will often sleep with their phones below their pillow, and whereas the older generation, our main communication mode was a landline phone, who, which someone at one point in the evening would say, please hang up the phone, now they're connected pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So again, it's not a negative um, message towards technology, but just a, a wake-up call that uh, this is a relatively recent development in our history, and uh, we need to learn how to better manage uh, these types of technologies. Now, um, you talk about the reasons that students gave for not speaking with someone. They have guidance counselors at school, but they st- they're still uh, not willing to reach out? There's a, there, there, part of it is, could be that they do not know where to go. Part of it may be that uh, the services they have available they're not comfortable with. Um, on, on many of these issues also, uh, what we're seeing in, in environments where they're effectively dealing with this is that there are things that can be done in the, either in the community or in the school setting that can provide uh, um, opportunities for youth to uh, sometimes in group settings to be able to, well, first of all, uh, live more of pro-social uh, activities uh, that can be of benefit to them or be part of groups uh, where they may share uh, similar concerns and, 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 and have support group types of, uh, of, uh, of structures in place. So there's currently we, we know there's more we can do or a better, we can do a better job in enhancing how we make available to them the services that are currently available should they need help. So we know there are number, there, there's still improvement we can good, do at that level. But there's also much we can do in the types of initiatives, activities we can have in place. Um, uh, and also understanding what we can do from a family setting, from a school setting, and from a community setting to um, increase uh, opportunities for youth to have more of those positive behaviors which have an impact on their mental health. Now, uh, what about the, the pitfalls of being a teenager? Uh, there's those traps out there. There's alcohol, drugs, tobacco, that sort of thing. Have you been monitoring that? We are, and uh, we've actually seen on the vaping issue uh, an increase. We've seen um, significant increases uh, uh, overall from about low 20s to, uh, to about 30% of youth have tried uh, vaping in the last year, which is worrisome. And um, there's no rhyme or reason as to... Uh, um, uh, parts of the province that are seeing uh, bigger increases. For example, St. John has seen um, a bigger increase than the provincial average, but so has some of our rural communities as well. Um, what we're encouraged with is how schools and communities are learning to use uh, the data from these surveys to, first of all, better understand the state of things with their youth, uh, but also leading to uh, positive initiatives being put in place. So I think that's quite encouraging and one of the reasons why we're we're doing these types of interviews is simply to continue to raise awareness on now there being availability of this type of information and we've seen examples across the province on on how communities um, leveraging this type of information have targeted their energies at uh, improving certain situations. Do you think the government is doing its share? Government agencies per se are typically slower 
at adapting their way of working uh, um, uh, to uh, use effectively this type of these types of indicators. Meanwhile, we do know that the school system has been very proactive. So whether it's the district level or at the level of many schools, uh, they've certainly been very proactive at uh, analyzing, understanding, um, but also um, working with this type of data. When you have um, better information at the community level on issues like uh, what's often referred to as silos between maybe government agencies, agencies and communities, when you have in hand um, indicators at the community level that can give you a sense of the state of things, that can enhance your ability to identify a target group, for example, that type of information goes a long way in uh, addressing issues like silos and collaboration among agencies. So we're certainly in, uh, encouraged um, um, in, other element, uh, ele, uh, in other levels of government, like uh, in our health services perspective, unfortunately, we still have a lot of work to do to try to get better coordination among agencies, but very encouraged by what, by what we're seeing in our school system. I'm Kevin Worrell. Treat Lab is the first and only brand of artisan ice cream available on Canada's East Coast. Xavier Bowman of Moncton began working on Treat Lab about a year ago through junior achievement. The overall support off and online has been tremendous, and we've been working out a couple of orders with customers so far. It's just starting out, but everything's been going really well. The company currently offers 18 base ice cream flavors and over 30 mix-in treats so customers can create their own unique flavor. But Bowman says the real highlight is Treat Lab's custom labeling option. We have an order sheet, and in that there's a Dropbox which you can put your own designs. We have our own templates, so you just send those in, and we'll work out how to put them on the on the pints. He says it's always been his dream to have his own business, and he has some words of advice for other youth entrepreneurs. Always have a dream and always work for it because, like me, like with Treat Lab, this has always been my dream to own my own business. So I just would say just try. If you have an idea, try it. That is Xavier Bowman of Moncton, who recently launched his dream business. Treat Lab is artisan ice cream with custom labeling. That's it for this week's show. I'm Tamara Steele.